Yo, what's up, y'all? This is the Good Times of Killing Us podcast. I'm your boy, David, and as always, I am joined by K-Town. K-Town, the BK King. And Marquis. <laughs> yo, 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 what up, y'all? And today, we once again have a very special guest, Mr. James Brown. Friend Hi. of the show. I'm here to reiterate the uh, Venn diagram between Pantera and Burger King. <laughs> He's no longer a friend of the show. He's not a friend of everybody. We've had, some, we've had some heated conversation before this ad, but <laughs> Yeah, we started off on uh, on today's topic, our boy Kanye West. And it turned into a big heated conversation about Burger King, chicken fries, and a bunch of other shit, and we, no, we gotta get back. So let's get back on, guys. Well, today we're talking about Kanye West. Who is, uh, I mean, after our last episode about Takashi Miike, we're thinking, okay, let's do something a little bit less fucking weird and obscure that pretty much everybody knows. So if you're out there and you don't know who Kanye West is, how about we start rattling off what our experiences were um, as members of, I don't know, American culture, the world culture, not living under a rock? What was y'all's experience when you first discovered Kanye West? What did it mean to you uh, when he he first kind of came out? Kick it off with me, man. Well, shit, dude. Mm. Kanye, man, dude. Been a big, big. I had always been a big fan, dude. Like, I, I wasn't on Kanye in the beginning. Uh, uh, from the jump, I mean, I remember my older brother uh, showing me Jesus Walks and like college dropout and shit, and he put me on, uh, put him on my radar and shit. And uh, I remember like college dropout, late registration. Those were big albums, great songs. It was really cool for there to be a lane. Of rap that wasn't like like some gangster rap type stuff, and then I got into him a little more later on, and it was like by graduation I was fully on board, and like I literally was on the Kanye wave, dude, heavy after graduation. Uh, fucking uh, uh, 808s, big fan. Fucking uh, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, huge fan. Jesus, huge fan. Uh, Saint Pablo, and like you know all, and it was like. I'd never had an artist that just, like, was constantly dropping hits. And then, like, you know, we got into, like, more recent shit. And we we'll get there. We got, we're going to yeah. build it all up. We're going to build it all up. So, uh, what about y'all? Uh, I'll go next. Um, <clears throat> I fell in love with Kanye. Uh, I started hearing him through the college dropout. He uh, released some songs, and I was like, okay, this song is good. This song is good. Started liking him more and more. Uh uh, slow build up until uh, graduation, and uh, around this time we had a couple different rappers that came out that uh, weren't your stereotypical like hard like thug rapper, uh, which I identified with a little bit more. I loved your hard rappers, you know. I grew up listening to you know some crazy stuff like so. What one of the hottest rappers around the early two thousands around that time was probably DMX, and oh yeah, you know, oh yeah, I, I loved listening to, to stuff like that, but. I didn't identify it, but I identified with Kanye because it felt like, uh, it felt, I saw something in him that I saw in myself, and uh, there was a bunch of different rappers around that time who were like that, but he was kind of leading the charge. Uh, Graduation was when I fully fell in love with him because uh, it was kind of at the height of him versus 50 Cent and and Uh, a battle for uh, Billboard. He, he got, they both put out albums at the same time. He had the number one album in the country, over 50 Cent. So that just went to show that you don't have to be some hard dude to, to be the top guy, to be respected as a, as a black man. And, yeah. And yeah, so it was a really cool thing to look at. And, uh, yeah, he was he was a superhero in my eyes. And, yeah. For sure, dude. Kanye. For sure. Yeah, I mean, 
So, like, when I was 14, when I first heard Kanye, it was Through the Wire. I was 14, you know, freshman year in high school. I didn't really have, like, a musical sense yet. I was still getting really molded by everything. Uh, musical sense. Yeah, yeah, I mean, musical sense, like, of where, of, like, what I was, like, into and stuff. So, I just remember, um, I used to get dropped off at my grandmother's in the morning to get taken to school, and I remember sitting there with my croissant twitch. <laughs> um, eating it and enjoying, it. and I heard uh, through the wire for the first time, and it, it just was—it just really clicked with me, and I just really dug it, and I just <clears> have <throat> been a fan ever since. Yeah, that's really important to talk about. Uh, I was in high school at the same time when I started getting really into Kanye West. I think it was either just after re- late registration or graduation. And if you were in high school during that time period, I'd imagine probably even after high school, fucking middle school, everywhere you went, you heard Kanye West and Lil Wayne. Everywhere oh, you yeah, went, yeah, yeah, they yeah. just just ran every single party you went to, everything, <laughs> they were always there. So, as someone who was not really super into rap, um, Kanye West still kind of just kind of came, came on. Oh, yeah, it was there's, like, there's he would bleed through, it. yeah, like, even if you weren't even tapped into, like, pop culture, because, you know, even, like, in, we're talking, like, the mid early 2000s like 2005 2006 and shit even if you weren't into pop culture like he bled through and like you would hear songs you would hear Kanye songs you know you would hear Lil Wayne songs you, yeah. you they were around like you know they were on the charts and to this day Kanye is still like a staple of our society he's For lasted sure. never really got old I mean we'll talk about a little bit of his more recent stuff and kind of think about where he's going it's a little it's getting a little bit weird right now but nonetheless, I mean, he's part of the cultural zeitgeist. Like, really, in the 21st century, Absolutely. as far as music goes, he's a major staple of the overall cultural zeitgeist. So we've kind of talked about our own experiences, but let's get into a deep dive of the man, the myth, and the legend, Kanye West. So Kanye West was born on June 8, 1977, in Atlanta, Georgia, but then moved on to Cal- to uh, Chicago, and his father was a former Black Panther, and his mother was an English professor, which I think is interesting because both of those elements kind of molded a part of who he really is. Yeah, for sure. Um, but interestingly enough, when he was 10 years old, him and his mother moved to China. Um, so I forgot to mention this, but his mother and his, and, uh, his father split up very young. Um, experience I'm sure many people can relate to. Uh, but regardless, that's a big thing is that, I mean, he moved to China for a job opportunity. He didn't come from like a, the typical gangster rapper roots. He was a middle class guy with an educated uh, parental unit or uh, kind of background. Right? Yeah, right. well cultured. Dude, dude lived in China when he was a kid. Like, what, what, a, what a way to be like ripped out of uh, your societal norm and your normal culture and thrown into another kind of culture, especially at that age. Like, It'll change the way you look at things and think, definitely. And I think that definitely molded like his ability to kind of co-opt into other cultures later on. I mean, eventually Europe, his whole fashion thing, and, and Paris and all that. He was like, unlike a lot of those other uh, people he might have been growing up with, or really any of us who just kind of grew up in the United States in a kind of hegemonic community. Well, that's why I said that, too, is because when I was 13, I lived in Naples for, like, three years. So, you have a relatable experience. Yeah, yeah, so, like, I kind of, I mean, he was much younger, so I can imagine, but that was definitely a culture shock for me. Like, from 13 to 16, I lived in Naples, Italy, and it definitely changed the way I thought, like, when I came back, you know, you know, everything was completely different. I mean, obviously, at that age, uh, it's a little 
take it, took it for granted, and it was like, why isn't this like America when you get there? Yeah, but where's all the Burger King? Yeah, we're all. But yeah, no, for real though. So yeah, definitely, I can imagine what that was like. Mm-hmm. And in the interviews, he talks about how like it was kind of like a, re- a jolt to his system being here and then going somewhere else and realizing, oh, people think differently. So early on, he's exposed to. Uh, the, the whole convention of thinking outside of the box, realizing that there are other perspectives out in the world. Um, but as he grew up, um, he started getting uh, more success with producing. And for the longest time, he was just known as a producer. As a matter of fact, he made beats for rappers such as Jay-Z and other contemporary uh, rappers at the time. He was a great producer. He was a, he was a, a really good producer and um, got really well known for it. Yeah, and at the time he was making beats for Jay Z. Jay Z was the guy. He was the hottest, yeah, hottest guy in rap. So for sure, Rockefeller can't get any can't get any bigger than making beats for the hottest guy in the rap. And he's shouting yeah. you out in his songs and stuff during like, his know. hottest run. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it was it was a it was a big thing for Kanye to be producing at the time. But nonetheless, while he was producing, uh, when he started kind of talking to them, I guess like around I guess the mid to late nineties, he's like, yo, like. I can rap too. I, I want to rap, y'all. Yeah, and and but there was kind of this, I guess, this stereotype about people. What were they called? Producer rappers. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, like you'd have a producer who's do who would do your song. If you need someone to fill in time, you might have the producer rapper come in. But they're not known for being good rappers. No, no, it's not their trade. It's not. It, it wasn't, especially at that time. It wasn't <laughs> as common to like uh, uh, jump that gap, you know. Mm-hmm. And this is, I think, this is really important to understanding Kanye's whole psychology in general. Is early on, even when he's getting success, people are like, "Oh, you you have an interest in this? No, Kanye, you crazy? You can't do that. You can't do that, Kanye. You just stay no in way. your lane. Exactly. Stay in your lane, Kanye. Very early on, he's being told, "Stay in your lane. Like you're not for one. You're like you're already this kind of middle class kid in the in a gangster rap world. You're trying to rap where you're just a producer. We're already letting you do this, Kanye." Exactly. Yeah, you should appreciate what you, what you already have. He was at a weird time, like at that time, like everything was like hardcore gangster. Right? He had like Fifty Cent, who literally his whole like claim to fame was that he got shot and like <laughs> yeah. he could rap. And he had you know like DMX, like James Brown said earlier, like these were like the titans in the industry. Uh, Jay Z was a crack dealer, like yeah. it was hard ass dudes fucking rapping about hard ass shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Kanye was not a part of. I mean, I'm sure he had some. Yeah, he probably knew, those knew, knew that yeah. world somewhat, but he wasn't coming straight from that that world that they 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 came from. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he was a college kid, yeah. and as a matter of fact, he was in fact a college dropout. And it was in 1999, 1999, where he first started working on his debut record, The College Dropout. So he started that record five years before it came out. He spent the next four years just working on it. And I think what that is is where it's kind of like, oh, y'all don't think I can do it? Y'all don't think I can do it? And he just keeps reworking, make sure that he's going to put out this perfect, amazing record. Mm-hmm. Three beats a day for uh, five summers or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine all the, the cuts he had to do to that record, all the, the how it must have, like, it must have uh, shape-shifted so many times. Um, but his first single, or his first, I guess, music video single was uh, called Through the Wire, which he recorded with his jaw wired shut after a car accident. That shit was hard, man. So again, in this kind of gangster rap world, you have this guy who records a song where he's literally kind of like handicapped. You know what you think? That's kind of that's kind of interesting. Um, but he released the first music video um, through the wire. It was um, a, a nothing else a really unique gimmick at that time to yeah, like, yeah. You know, literally be rapping over that Shaka Khan song with the <laughs> yeah. the the, uh, the um, <clears throat> sorry the sample. And then where she's singing through the wire, and then be singing with his jaw wire shut, like you know. Mm-hmm. 
And, uh, I mean, just already just off the bat, so many weird peculiarities. Like, for example, the single Jesus walk, Walks had three different versions. Mm-hmm. Um, and an interesting theme on that record is he talks about, um, he's criticizing how, like, it's become taboo to talk openly about, like, uh, God and faith and, and Christian faith and everything like that. So, again, early on, he's constantly trying to go against the grain, even though, like, he's, he, well, like you could say, he could consider himself lucky for being for having the success that he had, he was like, no, I want more and more yeah. and more. Why can't I do this? Mm-hmm. Why can't I talk about this? He's constantly triggered by things people tell him he can't do. He, he can't do. Absolutely. And that's something we're going to come at mm-hmm. a few times. And I think that's kind of a, a, one of the biggest kind of anxieties throughout his entire life. Um, but we kind of want to mention one thing that kind of ties into that. Mark, you put me on that, uh, the, the punked episode where they, where they got kind of what? Well, he was shooting the second out of three versions of Jesus Walks. Yeah, I didn't even realize how intense it was. So they had this fake camera crew come in. They told uh, they told the camera crew. Ashton told them to uh, check out the scene and tell tell them that they were shooting on a Sunday too. So the gimmick was that they were going to tell them like, oh well, you guys don't have a Sunday permit. It's a special permit for Sunday, and you can't shoot. And he's like, Which and if you do you think it was intentional that they wanted that, that music video on a Sunday? It's Kanye West. Yeah, you know, Kanye. <laughs> Kanye's one of those artists that doesn't do like anything on accident. Like everything is very like you know meticulously planned out. So. Yeah, you know, but so like that was the that was the uh, um, the gag was that they were going to shut him down. But so when they first start coming to Kanye, they're coming to him personally. He's really like trying to ignore the dude, and like he's like, "Why are you even talking to me?" He's like, "We can go shoot in my trailer." He's like, "I don't even know." He's like completely not acknowledging. Oh, this he's guy. like dancing in front of him. He's like, <laughs> "Yeah, he's like, I can he's shoot like, here. You can't no. tell me what to do. You can't tell me what to do." He's like, "Knock it off. <clears throat> Quit fooling around." I'm but sure then you got he, a, a permit to fool around. Yeah, but you don't got a film permit. So, so the guy's <laughs> like acting like he's well, trying to be permit, nice. Permit to be an asshole. So yeah, then yeah. he decides <laughs> to shut the whole thing down, and he tells the uh, guys he's going to need the film and the camera film, into which Kanye. Kanye starts to, uh, like, oh, like, oh, can they, he starts asking this guy, can they really do this? Can they shut it down? They're like, yeah, Kanye, they can. So he starts to get really, like, active in the whole situation. Uh, they have one of the guys grab the camera films off the, like, buggy or whatever, and Kanye... One of these supposed uh, film commission people who yeah, sees it. Yeah, yeah, he literally grabs the film in his hand, and Kanye literally has uh, one of his boys or his bodyguards or whoever get physical and, like, check this guy while Kanye grabs the film out of his hand, runs to a van, and tells him to take off. He literally tries to leave with the film, like, you guys can't yeah. take my film. He kept saying the whole time, I pay for this shit. Yeah, I pay for you guys cannot take this. And uh, Ashton Kutcher literally had to run out himself to be like, hey. Ashton? Hey. <laughs> Ash- <laughs> Ashton? <laughs> I, was, I was like, y'all just, you just know Ashton Kutcher right off the jump? <laughs> so, yeah. But just right that, what, what, what's interesting about this whole thing is, you know, we're living in 2019. We're kind of living in knowing some of the more recent Kanye West controversies, which we talked about. With the hindsight. But doing the research on this and kind of starting back from the top, I fell in love with Kanye West all over again. Watching that video, I was just like, he was like, y'all are going to stop Kanye. He was always Kanye. He was always Kanye. He was a hungry kid. Absolutely. Hungry in a whole other way. Like, artistically hungry. He he was so ambitious. Um, And just one other thing that's mentioned about that record is there's a song called The New Workout Plan. Where uh, basically the music video is all these different women who are going on this big obstacle course, and the final step of the obstacle course, there's like these these cardboard cutouts of five different very successful. It's men. like if you win the obstacle course and you make it to the ballers. 
Yeah. yeah. I think it actually said ballers above their name. <laughs> I think it literally said. It was funny because they, they had to pick their kids up. One of the parts that was supposed to pick up their kids. This obstacle course was ridiculous. Yeah, it's really, it's funny though. It was hilarious though. But at the end, uh, you've got, who you've got, uh, Dane Dash, Bill Gates, Jay-Z, uh, P. Diddy, which was his name at the time. And then of course, dun, 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 Donald Trump. <laughs> so definitely, I mean, I mean, Let's talk about real quick about the fact that throughout a lot, a lot of rap music, Donald Trump was kind of you know a big symbol of money and success. Yeah. He's living yeah. lavishly. He was shouted out a lot in, in uh, a lot of rap songs and stuff back in the yeah. day. Well, back mm-hmm. in the day, he was just a symbol of money. Yeah, he was exactly. Yeah, he meant nothing else. I don't necessarily think think that means that Donald Trump like fucked with anybody. No, 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 no. It just came off to me as. Like, he got attention, he was happy, like, he was being praised by people, like, he was willing to take validation from wherever he could it's, get it. It's, it's the same thing as, like, when a rapper mentions Bill Gates. I don't think Bill Gates is, like, breaking <laughs> <you imagine laughs> bread with like, any, like, like, 50 Cent or nobody, but, like... Uh, <laughs> regardless. And this is the same time as, like, what, uh, was the uh, Apprentice figure on then? Yeah, I believe yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah this yeah. probably it's it, we're in a tight of the Apprentice. Yeah, absolutely. But so, I mean, he still had gold towers and everything back then. He was always like just recognized with money. So right off the bat, with uh, the college dropout, he's kind of become a household name. He's become pretty successful. Um, then he dropped his next record, Late Registration, in two thousand five. Mm. Which uh, just one little um, note to put on right now is because you know this is a good time to get on this podcast. We're talking about the controversies. He had a song on that record called "Diamonds" from Sierra Leone, which was about the illegal diamond trade in Africa, otherwise known as blood diamonds. Which I thought was interesting that he like he's he's already began to get uh, have the socially conscious part of him. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and he decides to shed light on something that he feels like. Hey, do you guys know about this? Like, mm-hmm. you guys must not know about this. Because you want to be wearing these diamonds, <laughs> and that's something that to say about Kanye West is, is like, even though he's kind of been known as this kind of like megalomaniac, arrogant type of guy, he's always had that that conscious rap, conscious rapper element to him. He's always had this certain wokeness yeah. that's been there. More so, in, more so in the beginning on these first few albums on these yeah. debut. He really, albums. he really pushed that whole like woke rapper thing to like the mainstream. Yeah, he, yeah. I, mean, I mean, he, he would, had, he and he would feature Tribal Quest Carrots one. Yeah, he would feature woke rappers. But uh he 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 pushed it to the mainstream. I mean Common and Lupin Yeah, and say Talib Kweli he would have all these people feature on his albums and they yeah. weren't they weren't Kanye level. No. Kanye yeah. really pushed it to the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um and interestingly enough, uh, the music video was shot in Prague and it showed rich white people next Prague. to a bunch of uh, oh. Prague, my bad. <laughs> next to <laughs> next to a bunch of uh, poor black kids mining. So again, he's he's on that kind of woke shit right off the top. Um and I just want to mention Gold Digger real quick. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's in the canon. That's like a that's that's, that's yeah. a huge song for Kanye. That made him Kanye. You didn't live in two thousand five without hearing mm-hmm. that song. You just didn't. It wasn't. You think there's a not a, in America? I heard that song every time I went to Popeyes. You think there's a kids' bop version of that? Uh, I I'm, hope I'm, not. I hope not. there shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, I, but, but she ain't messing with no bro. What would the kids' bop version? Wiggas. I would literally die. Grown up. <laughs> Team Bob too. And uh, this might this might be a little bit of um, an age thing to show its age. This this song broke the record for best selling digital download. Back then in the distant world you had to pay a dollar 
for uh, a single song off of like back then it was just iTunes. I never saw Lord of the Rings, but I seen a meme the other day. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, it was a screenshot of the dude who said. It was a thousand years ago. I was there. <laughs> and that's exactly how I feel about that yeah. digital download. <laughs> it was $1 for a song and then $10 for a whole record. So if you had like a 14 song record, you're saving four bucks, baby. Mm, mm. And these, these records were like, what, almost 20 tracks long, these first two records? <sighs> they're heavy, dude. They're heavy. And uh, they're, I mean, stuff. you know, yeah, yeah. Which I do love the skits on late registration, man. I love <laughs> <laughs> We ain't got, got it. <laughs> ain't got no money. Ain't got no clothes. Ain't got, got no cars. Can't get no hoes. We broke. Yeah, great shit. Was that graduation or late registration? It's late registration. late registration. Okay. So here we go. To really break into when he first starts being known as a controversial figure in the in the mainstream, uh, shortly after late registration dropped, um, just a little while after losing the award for Best New Artist at the American Music Awards, Kanye went on NBC with Michael Myers during the coverage of Hurricane Katrina in September, where he famously and somewhat randomly stated, George, George Bush, Bush doesn't, doesn't care about black people. Well, Ben, he kind of just left it open for someone to say, and then uh, I started to say, and Mark said it, so it just made sense to keep going with it. It was good. But that video, can we talk about how, like, uh, Michael Myers and Chris Tucker? And oh, like, what a great look. Go to YouTube and look at Michael this Myers, up, like, like, literally breathes in, like, he's about to take his last breath. He's just like. <gasps> it's clear in the video that. When Kanye begins, he's off script from the jump. He's already off script, and Michael Myers kind of has this quick take where he looks at him like, "Okay, what's going on?" And he says, uh, "He says a lot of a lot of things about uh, Katrina and um, about uh, people, black people riding and being called riders, and white people riding and being called uh, saying they're surviving. trying to survive." And his delivery was very manic. You could tell he, that he was, was really very feeling. manic. He was very passionate, and like he was almost uh, on the verge of tears. It seemed like. yeah, yeah, it yeah. just really was. He a got. As usual with Kanye, he told too much information. He said, I've even spent money and I've been shopping before donating, so I've been talking to my business managers about donating as much as I can. And then he kind of tries to get a little more on script. And uh, and then uh, Michael Myers comes in. He says his... Uh, he reads off the teleprompter, obviously. Yeah. And you can see in Kanye's face, he's like, okay. He's got it. I've got to go deeper. Do you think he had that ready before the interview, or do you think it just kind of hit? No. He's like, fuck it, I'm saying it. I don't believe so. I yeah. believe... You can just like, see, like, something switches. In I can head. see it's it in his mind. He's like, yeah. yeah. Just like, no. like, as he's waiting for Michael Myers to finish talking, he's like, okay, I got one. And as soon as Michael Myers finished talking, he goes, George Bush doesn't care about black people. And Michael Myers is kind of doing the, like, like he's still, like, on that robotic, like, mm-hmm, nodding my head. Then he's like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and then it cuts automatically to Chris Tucker. <laughs> he's like, what? And he's just sitting there like, man. <laughs> Great <laughs> job, Chris Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Chris Tucker, jumping on, though. But it really cannot be understated for those who were there. This sh- this sent a shockwave throughout yes. our culture. Because I think at this time period, um, overall, I think a lot of people... This is still something, a talking point that some people still have. But I think it was much more permanent for people to really think, especially if, probably if you're more black, to think that we were in this post-racial society when it's like, you know, everything, like, civil rights just as long ago. And then all of a sudden, he's like, no, it's still like this. And everyone was just kind of shook. It just what well, the waters weren't and, set at that point. And also, 
you could not that time that time and period post nine eleven George Bush. You couldn't talk shit about. No, you could not talk. The Dixie Chicks got fucking yeah. The Dixie Chicks got fucking banned from country music for talking shit. I mean, at that time that we were heavy in Iraq, you could not talk shit about. Shout out to Mm -hmm. the kid that I I worked on some job, and there was an electrician who worked outside. I mean, worked inside and uh, had a, a car that literally had a sticker. Of that screenshot of fucking uh, Kanye West and Michael Myers saying George Bush didn't care about black people. I want to make a quick note. In our research, we did look up, in case you're wondering, what Michael Myers thought. And we we found some some information about ten years later, way after the fact, where he was like, yeah, yeah, I thought I handled it well. And it's just like, I guess. And he he said that he thought it was brave and all that. Um, I would have been interested in hearing what he had to say at the time when that statement was considered more controversial. Because like I said before, at that time period, that was like a... A real like wake up call. It's like a, the water splash on the sleeping face of America that was not really thinking about those issues mm-hmm. um, as much. Um, but anyway, moving on with his records, he releases Graduation in 2007, and this is kind of the culmination of the arc of him being the antithesis to like gangster rap. There's a highly publicized competition with 50 Cent, um, who's also putting out his record Curtis around the same time. So at this time, I mean, uh, you've got 50 Cent like the enigmatic. Gang, or not enigmatic, but like kind of poster boy for gangster rap at the time. Yeah. This Kanye West, this this po- this pink polo, uh, middle class kid. I yeah. believe it was both their third album at the time. Hasn't yeah, he yeah. just put out "Get Rich or Die Trying" to like the movie? Uh, yeah, I yeah. So not not right. too long after, yeah, or before, yeah. But either way, 50, 50 was hot at this point, and he was huge. G Unit was huge. G Unit was everything G- at this point. This is before Lil Wayne. Earlier, like I loved Fifty too. Like I wasn't. Yeah, he was no smuck. And also, you know, they they were both on the cover of uh, Rolling Stone. This was so big, you know, face so. to face. Mm-hmm. But this is highly public. This is huge. It was like here they go, the Titans. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm pretty sure. I mean, he wiped the floor with Fifty Cent. He did. Yeah. And so what you have going on is this middle-class kid without any street credit has officially defoned a gangster rap titan, or at least at the time period. And a lot of people, a lot of like uh, like music historians, they consider this to be a major turning point moment for the it history of the in general. It was, yeah, was kind of reminds changing. me of like like pretty recently, like Tyler the Creator and each. <laughs> Kind of, but uh, did they go head to head? Oh, DJ, no, DJ no. Khaled on a way, DJ Khaled on a way lesser scale than Fifty Cent, like not even in the same league. I'm glad James Brown got that joke. No one else did. I definitely did. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I mean, apparently they were kind of like friends. But I mean, this is interesting. The Good Life video, you can literally see Kanye West stepping on Fifty Cent's name, literally his name amongst other names, or on the ground. It's probably just a big green thing they. You know, superimpose it on, and Kanye West is stepping on him, just on his name. So, and you can imagine, you know, people seeing that like, dude. Yeah, like, yep, I did. I remember seeing that. I was like, yep. Kanye always, he's gonna throw shade at anyone mm-hmm. without a single fuck given, dude. Mm-hmm. Straight up. Um, also, just want to mention the Good Life video has a visual shout to Virginia Beach, which is uh, where we're all kind of pretty much residing. So, VB strong, baby. I mentioned that. You know, I'm sure. I'm sure uh, Kanye West was tight with Pharrell. Considering they're both kind of yeah, like a producer, dude. definitely, especially around this time too. Yeah, um, and just real quick, just this doesn't really have anything to do with whether the good times are killing us or not. But can we talk about "Can't Tell Me Nothing" and Young Jeezy's? Uh, so really quick, song off that album? I <laughs> "Can't Tell Me Nothing" <laughs> is actually my favorite Kanye song. I, I think, dude, and um, I always thought it was strange that there's just these Jeezy ad libs and no actual <laughs> verse. I've got a theory, guys. I think. 
I think there was a Jeezy verse. I think there's a hidden Jeezy verse. I think Kanye cut it. I got money for whatever for whatever reason. That I'm happy that you're. No, no, I appreciate it. No, 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 don't stop. No. So I think Kanye <laughs> cut it, and uh, I think he told Jeezy probably beforehand because I think it would have been really disrespectful to like pre, pre premiere that song and then like <laughs> not be on it. So I think he was like, "Look, I cut it for this reason or that, but I got you. I will let you. We're gonna have a song later on." Which, I, I don't even think it's a. Uh, disrespect thing because I feel like there's plenty of people that Kanye has left off tracks, but I think it's a. Uh, but to use their ad libs though, to leave you off the yeah. track and well, keep me, your ad libs. Let, let me finish real quick. Yeah. I think, I'm, I'm gonna let you finish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's uh, Kanye always throughout his history knows how to take the best of someone. He can bring the best out of everybody. Yeah. And he felt with Young Jeezy <laughs> at that moment, this is the best that this guy has to offer. I bet. Like, so no. those were really good ad libs. Works. Like, it fucking works. It really those does were work. Ma- those were so, masterful ad libs. Hold on, you're sitting here Art. and telling me Kanye sat Young Jeezy yeah. looked him straight in the eye and was like, "Hey man, your I'm words, serious. Your words ain't working, <laughs> but your ad libs are really gonna be fire for the song." You know, I don't. I don't think he talked to him about it. Shit. No, I think I don't he, think he talked to him about. It. He got the verse, like you said. He got the ad libs and. Kanye always knows how to use the best of, mm-hmm. take the best of anyone and make them look good, and that's what he got with Jesus. What if he had two verses, and then he was like, he cut the first one, he's like, ah, that ain't it, and then he had the, the last one, and he was like, ah, that ain't it either. <laughs> but that's still a privilege that he used, like, something of Jesus because there's definitely been people that he didn't use anything at all. Like, yeah, yeah, true. So, well, it's Good not point. all. It's, Good not, point. it's not all fun and games in Kanye West world because I think uh, this is a pretty, pretty famous event in the story of Kanye West. On November two thousand seven, the same year that graduation had dropped, Kanye's mother Donda West died from complications from two plastic surgery procedures involving a tummy tuck and a breast reduction. Mm. And I, I kind of want to talk about that for a second because I didn't realize before doing this podcast. Uh, what she died of. And I think there's something almost poetic about the fact that this person who's so well-known for being this kind of um, uh, vain type of person, yeah. you know, has his better side, it's kind of like his his, uh, his fatal flaw. It, there's something poetic about the fact that his mom died from surgeries, which he undoubtedly paid for, Yeah, um, which were basically like to help her lose weight the easy way and, uh, and a breast reduction, which is, you know, want to do that. Fair. Fair. But uh, I think I, I, I've wondered... How that must have processed in his head, like if he ever felt any kind of sense of guilt for it, you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, I mean, they were middle class and everything, but I'm sure you know, middle class, you don't have you know ten grains just to drop on the surgery, yeah. elective surgery like that. And I mean, I'm sure he's making all this money, he's so successful. He's on the cover of Rolling Stone, all this shit. He's huge. His yeah. mom probably was like, I feel like I'm gaining weight, and, and he's, he's like, like, let me. He's like, let me take, take care, care of you. I can do this for you, mom. I can take care of you. And she dies. She Ugh. dies. And God, there's, I that that would affect me. I would completely and totally thinking about it rationally. I'd realize, you know, that wasn't my fault. But in that moment, I know for a fact no. that I would feel guilty. Oh no, yeah, blame myself. I mean, survivor's guilt, but like just. Extrapolate when, like, in a, in a like, he's I, like, I bought this for you. I fast forward exactly. even now, that makes me feel a little like awkward about the uh, the life of it. Like, I never thought about that. Mm. Thought about true, this. true. Yeah. We'll yeah. kind of get back to that when we get there. That's yeah. a good point. 
Um, but during a, full, a tour following directly after the death of his mother, because she died and he was just right back on the road very soon after, uh, Kanye started using autotune more, um, which was that kind of T-Pain. Like, can anyone do a good autotune impression? Uh, <laughs> and that's not working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Which uh, one of you was I wish you could play the flip sock video. Who is who? Who is The other one, the, the one that says Bob with the oh, oh, flip sock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he said that he started oh, using autotune because he felt that he wasn't able to convey the emotions behind his singing part. So you can imagine, you know, he's not able to reach that point because he probably feels just dead inside. But if he uses autotune feature, you can kind of like fake this emotion, but he ended up loving it so much that uh, he started using it on his next record, 808 and Heart... Oh, uh, sorry, 808s and Heartbreaks, which dropped mm-hmm. in 2008, where he used a vastly different style of music from his previous records. And I remember before Dang. the album dropped, when he announced that, it would be completely auto-tuned. Because this was around the downfall of auto-tune, where yeah. it was getting a little played out, and then uh, when Kanye announced that his next album, as all Kanye albums is like much-awaited, like was going to be... Uh, exclusively auto-tuned. This was like a lot of people were like, "What? Like, what are you doing?" It's kind of like a gimmick, and I was like, "You're gonna take the gimmick and, and, and just make go full, full, full gimmick." <laughs> which, granted, on a record, which I mean, people knew this is the record he's working on after his mom dies, so he's in this kind of emotional spot, and it's like you're you're in this kind of like grieving, sad, emotional spot, and you're gonna go off and use like like what's another dumb gimmick that exists? I don't know. It just really. Like autotune right after all that, you want to you want to do silly style, so I can imagine yeah. that'd be pretty shocking. This is around the time too. I think uh, Jay Z had already put out that song "Death of Autotune," like kind of kind of yeah, kind of condemning it. Soundtrack. Yeah, exactly. And Amer- yeah, kind of condemning autotune at that time too. Yeah, which as a gimmick. And literally in the music video for that, like it shows them like burning like an outfit that like basically it was like pink polo, some jeans, and stunner shades oh, in that wow. video. I did not know that. Like. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because uh, shade. It's a yeah. situation you see, like under under immense pressure, Kanye West kind of activates this certain artistic side of him, and then he turns something that's horrible into something great. Although we we'll mention real quick, there's a lot of kind of uh, contested opinions about this record. A lot of people don't like Ada Wits and Heartbreak. Some people don't even like Yo, what? include yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This record was a record that really. This is the first record that I listened to from Kanye West, where I was plugged in before it came out, and I watched all the music videos, and I was super hyped for it. This is probably his first, his first kind of divisive record where he kind of split yeah. split the numbers up. You know, yeah. By graduation, he kind of had if a you huge don't following. Fuck with Robocop, you're not a human. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good segue. I mean, yeah, he's getting You're really a robot. He's, he's he's being musically divisive, and he's getting more kind of ballsy artistically. But also, uh, infamously, we've already alluded to this in 2009 at the uh, so just after this record dropped at the, at the 2009 MTV Music Video Awards, he erupted. He interrupted when Taylor Swift infamously won the award for best female video. You belong to me, which real quick we had to look up that song because none of us knew. No one knows that song. Now you know what is this song? Now I know that song. Now that I mean, that's what she won for. Like no one knows that, but everyone knows Beyonce. Everybody knows all the singularities. But infamously, he went up while she was accepting the award, and he said, "I'm gonna let you finish." But Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time. All time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. no, you should have handhorned. No, no. It's 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 controversial, but yeah. he was right. He was right. Time has proven that he was yeah. right. Like I mean, you belong to me now that you say, it. yeah, that's a Taylor Swift song. Taylor People know that song. But literally, we all had to, we had to look up what song she won yeah. for. Yeah. Dude, we at all. At that point in time, I literally worked at a country bar. 
and single ladies was played. <laughs> that should say something. <laughs> Boom! There it is. They're square dancing the single ladies. Well, <laughs> uh, an interesting caveat about this is um, that that was the award for best uh, female music video, which Beyonce lost that. But then, as the night went on, she won to win the award for best overall. Uh, music video for all the single ladies. So that song still okay. did get its Okay, credit. so it's still, it's still got credit. She should have won three times. <laughs> Just won <laughs> both. <laughs> um, but uh, there's, uh, like, we're looking for, like, reactions, like, what he, like, if he ever felt remorse for this or he ever felt bad. And it was interesting, um, on the Element interview, like, years later, he didn't forgive, I mean, he didn't apologize for it. In fact, he said that he felt like he was a soldier of culture, where maybe he felt like Taylor Swift winning was a slight, um... Like in favor of like white musicians. I mean, what what do y'all make of that? That's what he said. Soldier of culture. I mean, everyone can. Everyone well, at least everyone in this room can sit down and agree that single ladies is a thousand times better than whatever. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in the canon. And so it's it's kind of bullshit that it'd be one thing if they were all like two songs of the same caliber going head to head, and Beyonce didn't win. These these songs were completely. Yeah. It was next level shit. Beyonce was putting out. I mean. Yeah. So yeah, it, I, if I was uh, a, a black man, I would I would feel that way. She only won because she was white. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Absolutely, yeah. I don't think he thought of it as like an isolated incident. I think he thought of it as like uh, things compounding on people winning awards. You know that you know. I think it was like something that happened over and over again. He was like, Nah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna speak up for Beyonce right now. I 100 percent agree. Like. Uh, black people have felt like this for a while. Like we're still, as a whole, waiting for an artist to win uh, the album of the year Grammy. And uh, the most recent big controversy with that is Kendrick Lamar was slighted by Taylor Swift Woo! for uh, "To Pimp a Butterfly." Didn't win. And there I she go was, again. I think it was 2016 Grammys. Uh, Pimp Butterfly, yeah, but, but yeah, uh, yeah, I think it was 2016, and yeah, like black artists, even though we're heavily nominated, it's usually like four of us nominated, maybe two white artists, yeah. or whatever. We never win best album. Didn't Macklemore beat uh, Kendrick in something too? Like, yeah, that's yeah, just silly. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Macklemore, yeah, but, but yeah, sorry to get off topic, but just want to mention, like, you know, white yeah, no, artists, that's, black that's artists the mindset, have been slighted. Yeah, that's the mindset he's working with. Yeah, you know? yeah that's, exactly. that's the anger pumping into you, and you're manic, and you're. And it wasn't drunk. even a good. It wasn't even a good record that Kendrick yeah. lost to a good Taylor record. He was yeah. definitely and drunk. A, yeah, because <laughs> literally on the red carpet beforehand, he's. Walking around with a bottle of Hennessy, yeah, like, yeah. just pour the fuck up. Yeah. And again, just wanted to mention again, this happened very recently after his, right after his mom died. So yeah. he's kind of in a raw spot. Spot, but um, after the event, he felt like because of all the the media criticism, everything that was going on, he said that he felt like he needed clarity, and he quote unquote left the world for a little while. Um, and this is the time where he starts getting a little bit more focused in his fashion career. So he was just he went on just a big trip. He went to Japan, Rome. Paris, started focusing on fashion a little bit more, um, but eventually it's all culminated in him going to Hawaii, where he recorded his next record, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, in 2010. Mm-hmm. So, alternatively, this is a pretty interesting uh, recording period. While he was recording, he had engineers on board for like 24 hours a day, which I thought that was a weird quote, because it's kind of like, alright, well, Kanye West is definitely sleeping, so is he just expecting to like 
Wild Wake Up, y'all better be on the board. You so shit better already be rolling. I just want to come into a song recording right mm-hmm. now. That's probably for real. Like, he's just waking up in the middle of the night like, hey, I gotta take a piss. No, I'm gonna go record right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta follow this inspiration right now. And he was shipping in like artists for uh, features and producers, like all these different people, uh, musicians from all over the world. Like, imagine you're just getting hit up by Kanye West. Granted, also, after all this shit was going down, yeah. where it's kind of like, oh, Kanye West is calling in, you're kind of like... You know, he's, he's, he's very controversial at this time, too. He's controversial, yeah. but you know what? If you respect him enough, you're going to come out, you're going to go out to... Fuck, I mean, fuck it, going out to Hawaii anyway. And this, I feel like this became kind of a motif for the way he recorded every album afterwards. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? Well, uh, actually, his, his album recording process wasn't exactly on this level for this record, but it started gearing toward this record around late registration. Mm-hmm. A lot more, hey, I'm going to be out of the room less, and a lot more of these legit producers, these legit artists are just going to be chilling, doing the work, and I'm going to peep in, make sure it's good. And yeah, he was he was crafting some beats and stuff on his own, but a whole lot of like a, pro- a product is being craft, crafted without him being there, and you know, this better be ready when I get back. Like, but I always heard he's really, maybe even somewhat too good about crediting people. Like, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so amidst everything that was going down, all the controversy that had happened, and him kind of going off to make this new record, which granted has an interesting name, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasies, kind of has a very provocative name. Um, the next year, the, the next MTV Music Video Awards, he goes up, and while he's walking on stage, everyone's kind of like, you said people like booing him, or and the, and the process are like, He was right. still hated. He was hated in the nation, man. Exactly. Remember you from last year? You fucking came up while someone's accepting an award. We're pissed off about that. But then he premiered the song Runaway off of My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. I remember watching this. I'm sorry. I got to take the reins for a second. This this is is I was going to say yeah. it was popping. It was, it was wild. This is very personal to me. I remember watching this fucking live. Now, I wasn't... Um, the whole Taylor Swift controversy or whatever... It didn't, you know, I, he was hated, it was known that he was hated, it didn't bother me much at the time, like, you know, I was still pretty much a fan, but, uh, this was his comeback, so seeing him, like, on TV after, like, such a long time of not seeing Kanye, awaiting this album more than any other album, you know, and then he comes on, he closes these VMAs, and, like, with this amazing song, it blew my mind, I remember being 100% captivated, do the whole thing. Yeah, it's right. it's probably one of my favorite like live performances. Yeah, it's it was definitely one of my Kanye fucking it, moments. It's, it's fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. So, to briefly go up on the, on the kind of personal thing, you know, um, going back and doing this episode, I listened like for my beautiful dark twisted fantasy and the next record that came out after this, Jesus, were the two Kanye records where I just wasn't really plugged in. I think I was just really I was only into like metal and hardcore at that time. Um, so going back and doing this and re-listening to those records, um, all the records. My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy definitely stood out to me as, like, one of the most intriguing records because he's combining, he's bringing back the rap parts that were on his first three records, but he's taking what he learned from doing 808s and Heartbreaks and and this kind of unique approach to music and uh, the rap genre and making something totally unique that wasn't as polarizing as 808s. Yeah, and I don't think, yeah, I don't think we've given enough love to 808s either. Like, as polarizing as it was, it was still a fucking, I love that album. That was probably for a long time my favorite Kanye album. It's unfortunate because it's kind of become like a footnote of the entire uh, discography of Kanye West. I think it's gotten a lot of love over time. It's done better and people uh, have have seen it for... uh, seen it better over time, but yeah, definitely at that time it was very divisive, like I said, it was his first kind of divisive album. But catching back up to speed, it's important, like, for, for a lot of people like you, and I think a lot of people watching this, when they saw Runaway come out, it was like, oh shit, 
Kanye's back. Bro, I was back. We're yeah. back. <laughs> He's back. <laughs> you know, we're it was back. huge. <laughs> um, but uh, he also dropped a, 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 I guess you could call it a music video called Runaway, uh, which wasn't just Runaway. It was like almost half that record. It was a short a film. Minute, yeah, yeah, it's a 30 minute short film where he kind of featured uh, pretty much all the songs with a little like uh, story behind it. It was interesting. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about, he directed that and he was talking about how he drew influences from like uh, like other long form music videos such as um, the Wall. Uh, Thriller by Michael Jackson and also The Wall Pink by Floyd's The Wall, Floyd. yeah. Um, and, and I could definitely see that vibe. It kind of has a little bit of an avant-garde element where, and also the idea of um, life imitating art that video has a phoenix which of course if you don't know a phoenix their whole thing is they burn up they turn to ashes and then they're reborn it's commonly known as like a symbol of rebirth and remember Kanye West was just hated by our culture a year before and he comes back it's kind of like you know he's doing a thing right there yeah. it also should mention that the album cover uh, which there were for my beautiful dark twisted fantasy I think like a few different album covers but the main album cover was like uh, a representation of Kanye and a phoenix, uh, like on a couch, it looked like they were fucking. And Kanye yeah, had, yeah, 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 Kanye had like a bottle of alcohol, and it's blurred out. The little album cover is blurred out. Yeah, if you go on Spotify, Apple Music, yeah. You know, like that, and I remember seeing a tweet from Kanye when the album had dropped, and yeah, or about it being blurred out. And he's like, "Oh yeah, they don't want to see me with my phoenix." <laughs> like I remember thinking that was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving on, uh, we've got Yeezus coming out in 2013, so a good three years mm. later. This is mm. a big break between records. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting, I mean, first off, uh, we maybe take it for granted because we know the record so well, but the fact that this song, that this album was called Yeezus, an obvious kind of uh, combining of his name and Jesus, it kind of like, like people already kind of knew Kanye's being this kind of like arrogant self, uh, you know, at his worst, like a kind of megalomaniac, megalomaniacal type of there it is. feller. Uh, wait, wait, real quick. Let's because we might have to say this again. Megalomaniac. 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 <laughs> um, <laughs> so, in a, in a promotional video, he has a reimagining from a scene from American Psycho, the famous scene where uh, what's it, um, Patrick Patrick Bateman. Patrick Bateman is looking at all these different records, and he's hanging out with this uh, kind of business associate, Nick played by Jared Leto, who's getting really drunk, and he's going off on how good the music is. I think it was Huey Lewis in the news in the movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, but, but in this reimagining, it's, it's Yeezus. Yeah. Um, but when you think about, like, I was thinking about this before we watched that video, this idea of, like, American Psycho is about a megalomani- a megalomaniacal, <laughs> uh, like, narcissistic motherfucker, and kind of, I think it's kind of like a meta-awareness of what he knows people are going to think when they have a record called Jesus with the the head single or the the first single being I am a god. Yeah. You know? So I was trying to remember like Jesus was probably one of the first Kanye albums where I wasn't on top of it when it came out and something had put me off to Kanye around this time and I was trying to remember looking back before we did this episode and yeah it was definitely the whole <laughs> blasphemous uh, blasphemous like uh, angle he was taking with the Jesus thing and the I am a god thing I was like what is going on with Kanye but there was also this whole other element where he was like and all the promotional things where he was like um using, like, Confederate flags and a lot of the imagery for, like, his shirts and his, like, uh, uh, a lot of his um, merchandise and stuff. And I think he said he was trying to rebrand the Confederate flag mm-hmm. at the time, and it, it just wasn't, they wasn't doing it for your boy, you know. Yeah. you know. He was trying to get us to take it back. <laughs> yeah. it's, 
It wasn't working. It wasn't yeah. working. Y- One man know, alone. Uh, y'all know Clerks 2? Yeah. Uh, yeah. When he's like, uh, calling everyone porch monkeys, and he's like, I'm taking it back. <laughs> and they're like, you can't say that. Like, it's, it's already been done. It's already over. <laughs> the they're, like, they're like, thanks for the intention, but... <laughs> yeah, no that, thanks. That, that, that ain't working. Yeah, so, yeah, he was wearing, like, these Confederate flags and stuff like that, and that's kind of the beginning of, I don't say the beginning of the end, but yeah. the beginning of what I think a lot, a another, lot of you know another, we're going to be getting to very soon. Yeah, another strong left turn for Kanye on the Yeezus album. But the Yeezus album... At the same time as he's doing a lot of these crazy extreme things, he's ramping up the how extreme the uh, his antics are. He gives us a very extreme album, uh, not only sonically with some of his crazy, craziest production, but lyrically, uh, some of the not only concepts and themes. He gives us some of the most pro-black stuff. He, some of the most pro-black stuff he's ever given us. Uh, some of the things, some of the imagery, imagery he's giving us uh, is very extreme. Uh, talking about uh, fisting a girl and. Uh, but what really wrote me into Jesus uh, lyrically is how pro-black it is, and it's still very honest. It's still some very beautiful storytelling there, and love stories, and his profession to to his love for Kim, and um, yeah, I really slept on this record when it first dropped. Same, same. But coming back to it, uh, what an album! I, I love this record so much with all my heart, and I just wish that. Everyone would just love it because, like, I just feel like it's so amazing. Uh, yeah. What really actually won me over with this record was I was watching an episode of uh, Blackish, I think it was like maybe three, four years ago. And I think most of the episode was based on um, the divisiveness of this country over like Trump or something. But uh, they had a they had a scene where they were really just going in on. Uh, they were really just bringing the whole episode together, and they played uh, Blood on the Leaves in the background. Oh, wow. And I was like, this song is so perfect for this uh, scene, and now I have to give this whole album a chance. <laughs> and that's when I realized that how pro-black that whole record really is. And yeah, I can't say enough good things about how good Jesus is. It's also much, like, musically, it's much more hard-hitting, too, because he kind of he collaborated oh, yeah. with Daft Punk again and a bunch of other kind of French... Forgive my lack of knowledge about the genre, but I would just call it, I guess, Euro trash, where it's like very like, yeah. boom, boom, or like even Black Slaves, doom, doom, like it pounds. And like personally, this actually isn't my favorite Kanye West record. But if I could have any record that I could like hear blasted at maximum volume in a stadium, it would be this. This record is really hard hitting. This yeah. is uh, probably well. I guess technically it's not his video, but. Um, Probably one of my favorite music videos of all time is uh, James Franco and Seth Rogen's co- uh, video cover of Bound 2. Yeah. So <laughs> Seth Rogen's playing the naked oh, Kim yeah, Kardashian. Yeah, yeah. I did not like Bound 2 until I saw that. That shit's fucking yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> that video showed me Bound 2. I was like, <laughs> I was like shit. watching them enjoy it and fucking have fun with it like that made me enjoy that song. So like, and like now, and like it showed me the beauty of that song. But fucking. Uh, speaking of Yeezus and just my love for that album and how like hard hitting and like sonically how heavy that album is, I think of it in my mind as Kanye's like angry album. But yeah, like, if you yeah. ever see like those uh, those fucking memes or anything, it was like it's a thousand speakers of the huge system. It was like, what's the first song you're playing on this? 
I've been playing I Am a God like at full blast yeah. on like the loudest yeah. speakers I can. One thing, real quick, shouts out to Fans of Our Fathers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, just want to mention the song I Am a God, which obviously a lot of people saw that and thought it was just very blasphemous. Uh, Kanye's whole reaction to that was that he didn't consider it blasphemous because he was quoting a line from Psalms in which God says that you are all gods. So when he's saying uh, I am a god, he's saying like I'm a god, you're a god, we're all gods, mm-hmm. you know that yep. type of thing. Dude. He um, just but, talked to Jesus, and Jesus said, "What's up, Jesus?" But undoubtedly, Kanye West knew what he was doing by having such a provocative song title, and that's. And I yeah. think at this point, he kind of knows. It's like, yeah, I'm known for this. This is how Kanye West builds something for each of his releases. It's all kind of based off of his controversies. Um, but, but also want to mention, you know, same thing with in that in that video for uh, was it Bound Two? Bound Two. Where yeah. um, in the music video, he's on a motorcycle with Kim Kardashian. Just want to mention that he married Kim Kardashian in May of 2014, so the following year that he just came out. So those crazy kids. Yeah, we almost did this entire episode without, uh, or did the whole outline for this episode without mentioning that. All right, so just a few years later, after dropping Jesus, um, he drops. The Life of Pablo in 2016, which definitely had a very, uh, let's say, tumultuous rollout. It had a wild rollout, yeah. But it was huge still. Nonetheless, Mm -hmm. it was a big album for Kanye. Uh, I feel like he brought a lot of people back on board. Oh, yeah. I would would like to mention that the uh, first song that he dropped from Life of Pablo that really just made us all, like... Uh, shut the fuck up even though his his uh antics were wild was real friends mm, uh he yeah. was doing crazy shit on twi- twitter like he was saying all types of crazy shit doing all types of crazy shit <laughs> but he dropped real friends and all was just like wow okay. this motherfucker could do whatever the fuck he wants if he keeps dropping this <laughs> what was it? It was real friends, and there was one other song for Life of Pop. I can't remember what. The, oh, uh, yeah, he dropped around the same time. No more parties in L.A. with, Con- with Kendrick. That was yeah, right after Real okay. Friends. We had the single. He had dropped No More Parties in L.A. and it was like, it was like, okay, we're back. Yeah, we're back. And, but like, but yeah, still a really like tumultuous rollout, really wild rollout. Yeah, but literally. I mean, he he did the uh, the SNL performance of Ultralight Beam. With yeah, like all the Ooh. gospel singers and everything on stage. Kurt Franklin, all these like heavy hitter gospel singers. Bro, we yeah. don't we don't want no devils in this house. <laughs> and then literally, <laughs> as he's rolling on the ground, screaming after it, he's like, "Love Apollo, just drop right now!" Yeah, right right now. Now. Go right now! I think who he brought together for not only the album, not only that SNL performance, uh, uh, kind of speaks on how uh, spastic he is. But I think uh, his ability to be eclectic and bring together. Uh, people of so many extremes is one of the reasons why me and a lot of other people who have eclectic music tastes are so much in love with him. Only this type of person can put together an album like Yeezus and have Charlie Wilson from the Gap Band be on the same (laughs) record with Daft Punk and all these Euro producers on the same record where it's the debut of Travis Scott production on the same record with Chief Keef singing in auto-tune and then you fast forward to his next record Life of Pablo you have Kirk Franklin on the same track with Chance the Rapper like it's just pure insanity and you know his spastic tendencies they get on our nerves but I think that's how he's able to bring us such great music. He's a musical genius, man. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's worth mentioning that when this record dropped it was a title exclusive which is uh, Jay-Z's um uh, streaming service, yeah. basically. Yep. And yeah, he recorded the album, uh, like, various songs, many different times, and you were just constantly, like, one day you'd have uh, version 
one of Life of Pablo next day you got version 1.1 or whatever just constantly changing even the and album even the, and even the album itself like sonically as a whole is like all over the place it's mm-hmm. awesome and it's amazing but it doesn't I feel like it's the most kind of like erratic Kanye album mm-hmm. it goes like up and down in a bunch of different yeah. different uh, vibes and it, it's a great album all together collectively it's amazing but like it's very sporadic well I think during this time period he was kind of uh, getting a little bit more mentally unhinged like it, it just in terms of like his own issues with uh, bipolar you see, I think this was around the time that he got diagnosed with being bipolar so mm-hmm. I think this this is kind of it's like a mixture of the 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 process that he already has, where it's very meticulous, but it's happening after he's already put the record out, and and he's just like, fuck it, I'm just going to do it again and again and again. Um, but also, another really weird thing to mention is, um, I forgot to put it in the notes, but uh, he put out that one music video, that really weird, controversial music video, which is a big, oh, long Famous? Yeah. Famous, yeah. yeah. Where basically, uh, uh, if y'all want to talk about it real quick, I'm going to look up the names of all the people that are in Yeah, there. so it's just like, um, it's a, it's basically wax replicas of, I think it's about like 10 people. It's a, Kanye, Kim, Taylor Swift, George W. Bush. Ray J. Ray J. Um, um, what's that? Anna Wintour. Anna Rihanna, Wintour. Chris yeah. Brown. Yeah, Ray J, which is interesting because Ray J is right next to uh, Kim Kardashian. Those, those of you guys who don't know. Uh, Ray J did the infamous sex tape with Kim Kardashian. Um, yeah, Amber Rose, Caitlyn Jenner, and Bill fucking Cosby. Mm. Oh, and Donald Trump. And Donald Trump. Oh, Donald yeah, Trump. very important. Donald, Trump. Donald, Bill Donald Cosby. Trump. Bill Cosby being the late reveal, like yeah. halfway through the yeah. Yeah. and the video. With a big bloated belly. <laughs> and this is, by the way, for those who don't know, this was when when we first started finding out about all the Bill Cosby shit. Let's just put it. Like yeah, this that. was when he was at yeah. the height of his like whole scandal. But mm-hmm. this video itself, it's already like all cut up and choppy. It's what 10, 11 minutes yeah. long, like you know. And it just it's it's all just one. It's like a, just a bunch of mannequin or uh, uh, wax, wax models, wax models, and they're not really doing anything besides breathing loudly. And they just keep zooming in on all of them, and they're like, "This is a video, I guess." It doesn't feel like a music video, like you put it, where it feels like an art project. Yeah, it feels like uh, an art project with a voyeurism type theme. Because yeah. there's a lot of like yeah. still shots. I mean, not still shots, but like, uh, very, yeah, yeah, these weird like where the music drops out, and it's just these weird like breathing shots, and it's very, it's a very strange music well, video. And then the thing happened. Uh, let's also bring Taylor Swift back in the equation here. For one, you see Taylor Taylor Swift's uh, boobs in the video. What'd she call that? She said it was basically like revenge porn. Or yeah, something. she yeah. called it revenge porn. I don't know, dude. She basically like he called and asked her for permission to use her likeness or whatever in the video. Something along those lines. Well, was it also something else? Because he had a line in one of his. It was songs. a line in the song, yeah. famous. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I, I could fuck Taylor Swift if I want. Like something about fucking Taylor Swift. The line is oh shit. Uh, I know you know. I think Taylor Swift still owe me sex, which is actually a reference to another line from. Yeah, the I made that song. bitch famous. Yes, yeah, because yeah. I made that bitch famous. Yeah, but like the big controversy is she was like, I didn't give her permission for anything, and then Ken leaked. Like a recording of Taylor Swift giving permission, and then Taylor Swift changed it up and was like, "Well, I didn't give him permission to call me a bitch." She's like, "Oh well, uh, yeah." Well, and then they had to add an extra caveat, and then right after that, didn't she put out that one record where she got all edgy and dark, where she was like, "Look what she made me do," and all that. Like, oh, okay, you're, so, you're such a bad girl. Yeah, she's a bad um, girl now. Yeah, Kendrick Lamar's rapping. But <laughs> let's also mention, I mean, on top of all that weird shit, on top of the record being uh, redone, I mean, he's really, he's really starting to unravel. There's a famous interview on the Ellen DeGeneres show, or Ellen, where uh, 
he's just acting really spastic and weird the yeah. entire interview. Uh, the most famous part of it when is when he just kind of looks at her and he's looking at the crowd and he's like, Picasso is dead. Steve Jobs is dead. Walt Disney is dead. Name one other person you can name in the same, in the same breath as them. You know, and everyone just kind of like... Yo, but he's saying some real shit right there. Right? I get, I kind of get the sentiment of what he's saying. There ain't no Steve Jobs left in the world. There ain't no Picassos right now. I think he there's only Kanye. They are dead. They are yeah, dead. That is real shit. Fact. Oh, that's real shit. They are dead. Fact. Picasso is dead. Fact. Steve Jobs yes. is dead. Objective fact. Very good. <laughs> he ends that rant too with saying, "Uh, shit. Oh, oh sorry for the realness." Because he's like, <laughs> there's one more thing at that time that I really enjoy is the, the clip video. I think he's like on Jimmy Kimmel, and he's like, "The paparazzi disrespects my family." And then it's like a quick shot of him like going out to the car, and there's a paparazzi guy saying, "Hey, good morning, Kanye." And he's like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> yeah, he's, I mean he's losing it. And so around this time, Kanye West is really starting to lose it. I mean, uh, the culmination of all that is in a November tour of that year, 2016, um, on that record, uh, just following um, when Kim Kardashian was actually robbed. Where obviously, if he's already kind of bipolar, he's already kind of going crazy. All of a sudden, your wife gets robbed. Um, he canceled a whole string of shows, uh, ultimately leading to a psychotic breakdown. And after this, he just quit Twitter for 11 months. He was out of the picture. Um, but it's also worth mentioning, because we're about to get into the big stuff, what we're all waiting for. It was during that time period where he was going on, uh, when he was playing these shows, that he started going off these kind of freestyle tangents. Yeah, during the St. Pablo tour... It's not uncommon. Kanye did used to have these kind of freestyle little rants on his shows where there'd be like kind of an instrumental track playing and uh, he would kind of just either sing or freestyle sing or, or just kind of talk and, you know, it was kind of one of his things. It's kind of a staple at his shows. And, um... Well, around this time period, this was when people were talking about President Trump where yeah. uh, President was the then-president-elect. Uh, it kind of ended, I guess, right when he was elected. Um, and what's not... Let's also not forget that Donald Trump had oddly, awkwardly actually met with Kanye West, like, a, I think it was like a year or so prior, that, that famous video where they're coming out of the elevator. This was actually right after, so this is right around that time, so this is after the St. Pablo tour is canceled, and um, President Trump is elected, and... Well, before that, there was that time where he, where he but when he was just the president-elect, he'd... He's oh yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, when he, yeah, this is like right after the tour. This is like yeah. right after the breakdown. Yeah, right after this, we had that big interview. Yeah, this is the yeah. first. First, this is after the um the uh he he's hospitalized, and this is the first thing that happens after he's hospitalized. So he's a sick hospital. man. He's not in any state. To no, go. just gets out of the hospital, and he's like, I'm gonna go talk to the president. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, so it's not a good representation for anybody. Yeah, and that was like kind of the first, like, whoa, what? You know? <laughs> yeah, what are That's you doing? weird that he even has that type of power. What did they talk? about um <laughs> dude i don't even know where to begin but we got i got a couple notes in here but uh has uh so he starts he starts going to twitter and he starts posting the pictures of him wearing the make america great again hat the, the maga hat and has response to his much publicized support for donald trump um uh he puts out this song called yay versus the people which had dropped just real quick mention just after he'd put out that song lift yourself lift yourself what um, a what, a, what a banger dude but yeah <laughs> But, but Yay versus the People was a, it's a weird song because it's a back and forth dialogue between Kanye and Ti where they're having like this kind of like almost like rap argument and you can't tell how it just it's very strange we're pretty we're pretty much Kanye is saying why he supports the president 
and Ti is just bringing up all like the, the talking points that most of us probably think. Of, yeah, you know, in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, you got a lot of people looking up to you, and you know. But Kanye, like we said before, he's one of those people you can't tell Kanye what to do. You yeah. definitely can't tell Kanye what not to do. Yeah. So he just starts going deeper. He starts doubling down. And that—that's the thing—is in a lot of the kind of interviews around the time, he—he's always bringing up this point. And it, again, it goes back to what you're talking about. What we were talking about from the very beginning. If you tell Kanye West he can't do something, he's going to do the exact opposite. And in a lot of interviews, he would talk about how he felt like, um, like as a black man, he felt like he could only be a Democrat. And he apparently like he would, he had kind of like talked to some people, and he was like, "Hey, man, I kind of like Donald Trump, like his people, like kind of on the low." And they're like, no, nah, man, you can't, you can't do that. You can't do that. But when you say that to Kanye West, yeah. you start a whole storm inside of him, especially, again, with all his mental instability that's going on, his, his bipolar is really kicking in the full gear around this time period. And then uh, around this time period, he had gone um, on, a, on TMZ in May of 2018, where he had, I remember when this, when this happened, this was a crazy, he did this kind of long-form interview tirade where he's talking to like, <laughs> two guys and then the middle of the TMZ office, he just stands up, and he's just like, yo, 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 I want you to listen to me. Everybody listen. listen. Everybody stop what they're doing. Everybody stop fucking working on whatever you're working on in this yeah. office, and listen to what I'm saying right now. Which, real quick, actually, we almost forgot to mention, before he had stood up. Oh, yeah, before, he, yeah, 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 yeah. So, before he even stands up, that's when he has the infamous, uh, he says, 400 years of slavery? Sounds like a choice to me. <sighs> <sighs> So that, you can imagine, didn't go over well. No. <laughs> but anyway, uh, continuing on with this interview, yeah, I mean, he, he had gotten, or if it's even entered at this point, I mean, he gets up from the interview just talking to the whole place, totally breaking the, the planned idea of what was supposed to happen here. Of an here, interview. Which, uh, which again, is, is pretty on cue with, with, uh, with Kanye West, with everything else. He kind of goes off script. He's going at everybody. Well, he also called in and came in for that interview. It wasn't like a scheduled interview, either. He, he like, called Harvey... What's, uh, what's the TMZ guy's name? Harvey, um... I don't know. I can't think of it. Well, he called, bro, and was like, hey, I'm pulling up. I, he's probably on a high. Yeah. Well, Harvey he's, Levin. He goes, Harvey Levin. He's like, hey, I'm pulling up. I want to talk to you guys right now. And so it was like an impromptu interview. Which I'm sure, because again, he's, this is him when he's like hardcore in bipolar mode. I mean, I suppose he's probably always well, he's Well, this is like in that manic state. Exactly. And this is when he's... He's God right now. He's, exactly. He's, he's, on, he's on a high state. And, and you know, I mean, if you all don't know, if, if you're bipolar, um, you kind of have highs and lows. Like highs where you feel like you're on top of the world, you're amazing. And then lows where you like hate your own guts, you hate everybody else or however it, it works for you. And, of course, he's on a high. He calls a guy. He goes to TMZ. He says slavery is a choice. He gets up. He talks to everybody else. He reveals all this really personal stuff, which kind of going off of what you were saying, James Brown, about him being very real. Always giving too much information. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Always giving just a little too much information. He had to get liposuction because yeah. he didn't want to get laughed at like Rob did and have to leave the wedding. Before his wedding, he talks about it. He's like, hey, I'm bipolar. And before, just out of nowhere. It's very out of nowhere. The way he does it, he's just like, "Yo, I'm bipolar, and uh, I got liposuction before our wedding because I get I want to get laughed at like Rob did." Um, and then afterwards, I was prescribed opioids, and I had an opioid addiction. It's just like all oh, this is just so like. What, what and and you know, it's, it's, no, no, you're good. Like the way Kanye talks to, I've seen him do this in plenty of interviews where he talks like so broadly, where he is talking about three or four different things yeah. at one time, and it's all under this big umbrella that like. 
it's so crazy, like, at face value, is like, this dude is just all over the place, and he is all over the place, you mm-hmm. know, but, I mean, it's, it's very classic Kanye. Yeah, the yeah. best thing is watching that video of the whole thing, and just seeing, like, the people, like, these are just people, like, it's a normal office building. Yeah, they're, they're, they're working at fucking on, like, work. Vertical. And again, this was a plan. Yeah. This is like a Thursday. Kanye West, of all people, is just screaming, hey, look at me! And, yeah, like, the look yeah. on these people's faces, and then what, what was that, um... Candace Owens. Yeah, she's just in the background clapping, like, the mom from, uh, fucking, the, cl- uh, with the clumps. And then you professor. Yes, Kanye! Yes! Yes, Kanye! Uh. Yes! Well, th- then a hero rose out of the dust while they were while he was arguing. One dude was just not having it. Uh, a man who worked for a, a reporter for TMZ by the name of Van Lathan, who just came out swinging like he's going up against Kanye West, one of his heroes, someone who's way more famous than Richard. He called him out, bro. He called him out on all his sad, free thinking, free thinking bullshit, free stinking bullshit. <laughs> he called him out on it. It was like, yeah, he was, like, you know. <laughs> But he called him out on his shit and, you know, let him know, like, hey, it's great for you and your position to fucking say these things and think this way or whatever, but, like, we're living in the real world world where I'm dealing with this shit right now. Yeah, the effects of someone with that type of power, I mean, kind of like some Spider-Man shit, with great power comes great responsibility, and if you're the one saying that type of stuff... Yeah, it's a slap, it's literally a slap in the face. He, He spoke for all the people that felt, I mean, definitely the way I felt, like, Hurt, literally mm-hmm. fucking hurt by Kanye from from him, you know, and saying these things like, "What the fuck are you talking about, dude? Like, what is going on?" And God, and, and then it doesn't even get any better. Kanye still no. still, still belts out. He's kind of like, "I feel you," and he tries to hug him and shit and all this because he, he does. Like, I think in his head, he doesn't want to be wrong. Yeah. He can't be wrong. So he was like, "Oh, I know you just told me why everything I just said is stupid, but I still want to hug you for some reason." But anyway, he went on and, and said some <laughs> other dumb shit. So here are a couple. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll start him off the, the the dumber and then the more serious. So at one point he said, TMZ is the hospital of the whole world. What does that even mean? <laughs> he said Obama was our opioid. So that was interesting. And here's a hard one. He said, black people have a tendency to dwell on a white person in a hat killing a black person is a response to him wearing the MAGA hat. While there are 700 kids in Chicago being killed by other black people every day. So he brings up the, the very tired and, and not true, but tired um, talking, uh, oh, kind yeah, of like, like black on black, like, yeah, far right kind of talking point. Well, mm-hmm. just regular, right? <laughs> <laughs> but he's not making it any better. And again, I think you know, as far as it's all, it, it, it's interesting to think back at the beginning. He was like, "I'm a soldier of culture," and then yeah, there. so you know, a lot of people, a lot of Kanye, ex Kanye fans, or you know, are kind of like, "Where are you at, dude? Like, what is going on with you?" Like, yeah, you know. I don't know. This, this, yeah, this, this stunk. At this point, this was someone who was a, a hero in my eyes. Could do no wrong. No matter all the crazy stuff he had done up until this point, like, still, uh, he could just do no wrong. And now, like, when he, like, was bringing up the what about black on black crime kind of viewpoints and was, I don't know, just doing all this wild stuff, uh, uh, bringing up the slavery was a choice. He broke my heart, and I feel yeah. like a lot of black people felt the same way. And especially people who are still on board with Kanye at this point. A lot of people, I'll tell you, a lot of people. He had been become kind of controversial and divisive already before this. So yeah. like this was like, 
what? what I think it's doing? I think it's interesting though because his his uh, the two sides of his previous controversy tended to be kind of like one side is kind of like generally liberal, kind of pro-black, and then the other side is generally kind of conservative. I mean, look at George Bush doesn't care about black, but that's a slight against his kind of like uh, uh, powerful white man. He was he's pretty much calling racist. The thing with uh, Taylor Swift, he's he's saying that the Grammys or sorry, the uh, MTV has like a slight in favor of white people. So that's that was his divisive point for the longest time. So he's got these two sides that one side is like almost always behind him, and then he does this where he's where he's switching it up and he's going back. So he, he's divisive for a whole other reason. He's he's dividing the people that believed in his prior divisiveness. Does that make any sense? Nah, I follow you. Yeah, and it's just because yeah, then he kind of goes back to the other side where all of a sudden he's a uh, his politics are pretty. I don't even I don't even know what to say about him. But we'll talk a little bit. We, it sounds like we're kind of getting into what we want to do at the end. But let's um, let's continue the story. Shortly after this interview, he dropped uh, "Yay" in 2018, which the cover of this records is of the Teton Mountains, and it says, I hate being bipolar, it's awesome, which is very weird, and where, where did he shoot the, uh... He's literally it's in Utah. Was it, no, Wyoming. Way. Wyoming. He was yeah. literally driving on the way to the, the album release party he was throwing, and took a picture, and wrote it on, on his phone, and that was the album cover. Yeah. It's a beautiful picture of some mountains. That's a nice picture. I think it's a dope album cover. But, I mean, all together, honestly, I mean, there's some there's some good songs, Weakest Yay yeah, album. I think it's, yeah, it's definitely it's the Weakest the, You know, and, and I'm a big fan of, you know, and I don't, I, I don't know if it's related to the, everything else that's going on, but, you know, I would not, I wanted this, I wanted I, it to be I a good album. I don't think it is, because we can admit that Kid Sea Ghost was great. Yeah, Kid Sea Ghost yeah, is amazing, it's, it's great, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but, like, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's interesting because it's like all this stuff is going downhill so fast. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, on the bright side, yeah, he did, he, I mean, at the same time period, you know, he put out uh, Kids Ghost in collaboration with Kid Cudi. Uh, he put out, what was the name of uh, Push T's record? Daytona. 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 He also did a Nas record, right? Although I know yep. that wasn't Yeah, he did all the pre- production to Nas's record, and I, he did a couple features, mostly singing. Can we talk about Daytona for a second? Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, I really feel like this was a very Kanye thing to do, but the cover of Daytona is literally Whitney's Houston's bathroom counter from the night she died. And I feel like Kanye probably had a lot to do with that picture being on the album. If nothing else, Pusha T came to him and he was like, bro, I'm thinking about maybe doing this, and Kanye was like, yeah, 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 yeah. do this, do this. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and it's interesting to mention, during a lot of the promotional interviews, he's asked over and over and over again about his support for Donald Trump. He never really wavers much, and uh, I don't know if y'all want to talk about it a little bit, like, it's kind of like, what do y'all... Actually, no, we'll, we'll, we'll wait for the end to really talk about whether the good times are killing us or not, but um, I also just want to mention, yeah, Kitsy Ghost... That record is fucking awesome. That shit slaps, man. Yeah. That shit slaps, dude. One of the great things about doing this podcast is when we kind of go through, we're kind of like... Uh, absorbing media, like whether it be like movies or music we or whatever. fully, uh, and I'll give us credit for this shit. Whether or not we're uh, have a personal stake or are into the topic, we fucking fully immerse, man. Yeah, we've been we, living. We've been living in Kanye West. I, I will say weeks. this is my most like happy I've been. Yes, yes, I mean, fair enough. Up until we started rewatching some of the that TMZ shit, that yeah. definitely yeah, that took the wind out. Uh, it hurt a little more. But no one's in a suit fucking another person. Anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's much better than first. <laughs> and that's the thing is like for me, like intentionally going back and listening to this. By the time we got to see uh, kids see goes, which is again after, because we, uh, we was, I was listening to those records as we were going through watching interviews, so at all times, it's like, I felt, like, I feel like all of us, we were 
we are listening and watching Kanye. We're just going through all the years. And by the time we get to Kid C Ghost, which is after all those stupid interviews, after Ye, which is not that pretty subpar record, I found myself like loving the record, but then Kanye Kanye's verses would come on, I would just be like, all right. All right, man. <laughs> like, I don't even need you anymore. Wrap it up. And it, it's sad because <laughs> at the beginning of this whole research thing, I was going back and I fell back in love with them. And then by the end, you like fall like, right back out. You yeah. go through the whole cycle, full, full fucking, mm-hmm. full circle. <laughs> just like. Yeah. All right. So let's oh, see. I get, we've got a couple other notes from the David Letterman interview and then we can kind of so make where, where he is now. What's going on with Kanye right now? Let's talk about what, 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 what news? Well, th- this is one thing uh, he's also talked about. This was in the David Letterman interview, but you can also see in some of the interviews after Ye came out where he talks about the Me Too movement, and he kind of has some weird kind of opinions on that. Where he, uh, Actually, in one of his songs on Wait, Ye, Kanye has weird opinions on the Me Too movement? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fucking shocking. I remember there was some song on Ye where he's talking about, like, I just hope that I don't get called out or whatever, and like, he talks about the fear, and he kind of yeah. has a very... On yikes, I think. Yeah. He's more biased against the Me Too movement, it sounds like, and it, and in every interview, people are just like, uh, mm. dude, like, Yikes. Oh, quick to yes. mention, actually, uh, in, uh, because Yikes was a song that was written by Drake on his album. Um, Drake co-wrote some songs on that album, hmm. which was some of the, uh, the kindling on the fire, which became the beef that they had shortly after, which led into the beef with him and Pusha T and everything. But, like, yeah, Drake came down and helped write on that album that Kanye was working on when he was pulling everybody to come down to Wyoming and uh, help him with this album. And then fucking, um... And I guess in in uh, exchange, he had gave Drake the a beat. He was like, hey, you can have this beat for Lift Yourself. And Drake was going to put that on his album. And he literally pooped on it. He literally, well, well not literally, the, yeah. the whole beef was, and I'm just going to go over this real quick because yeah. it's not that important, but like, they came down, they were collaborating and stuff, and uh, finally they were going to be making music together, which they didn't make music together. He just helped Kanye write some songs and work on his songs. And in exchange, he was like, he was like, well, we're going to be working together. We got to be fucking uh, transparent with each other. We'll let you know when I'm going to drop my album. You let me know when you're going to drop your album. And so Drake's like, all right, cool, sure. I've been dropping my album in June and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, cool, I'm going to let you have this song that I've been producing, you know, since we haven't had time to work together. And he gives him Lift Yourself. Then he turns around and uses Lift Yourself and uh, fucking shits all over it, basically. Yeah. And releases it. Literally talks about poopity scoopy. And then when Drake told him that he was dropping his album in late June, Kanye drops seven albums in June. That was so, that just like is kind of like on the low, like fuck you, Drake. I don't know, but it's fucking. It looks shitty, dude. Oh, it looks yeah. pretty dirty. Wow. <laughs> you know, Drake sucks. I uh, also just want to mention. We almost got to mention that the first song on Ye is a song called "I Thought About Killing You," mm. which uh, which again, I like. I like that song. Which again, in a lot of interviews, because um, again, he knows his playbook. I think this is also a big part of the Donald Trump thing. Is he knows that when he's provocative and he's controversial, he'll get people to listen. And in every interview. He always mentions this thing about when they say, like, what about, I thought about killing you, what's up with that? He's like, yeah, when I thought about, like, um, what it mean if I came out with my first song being I thought about killing you. And, like, he's talking about it very uh, cognizant of the fact oh, yeah. that it's controversial. He's like, fully aware of, like, every move that he's making, even though, yeah. you know, it might seem like he's not. He is, dude. He's planning this very uh, he meticulously. Is, but I think that's kind of, like, almost an issue is at this point it's almost become calculated. I don't think it was always calculated. I think it was kind of like who he was, him just being the maximum version of himself, which is a philosophy he kind of talks about. But by this point, I feel like maybe he's disassociated, dissociated, uh, 
there was bipolar, there is, is issues, whatever. Um, Not quite relating as well as he thought he was. Mm-hmm. Also, what I wanted to mention uh, another, while we're kind of rattling off these notes, um, Kanye West, despite all of his supposed support for, for uh, Donald Trump, apparently he's never voted in his life. So yeah, he he literally doesn't know shit about politics. So yeah. like, like yeah. why are you endorsing this dude so hard and you don't even understand what's going on? Which is which is even more dangerous. It's way more dangerous yeah, because he you're just you're just putting shit out there and not really having a stake or a reasoning behind it other than just to fucking say it. Uh, and also, most recently, I guess this is something he is known for. We're talking about Kanye West in his current form. Um, he's been doing these Sunday services, these pop-up services, which I know he's done at a couple of festivals. I know he did it at uh, Coachella. He did it at something in the water. Uh, I'm fairly certain, right? No, 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 no. No, that would have been wild. Okay, yeah, because I was thinking I was like Kanye West was there. But anyway, he's been doing these Sunday services where basically for an hour um, on Sundays he kind of uh, he'll play versions <coughs> of songs that are kind of have like a more almost. I don't know how to put this. Kind of like gospel a, yeah, list. gospel vibe, more gospel angle to him. Mm-hmm. It's weird watching videos of them though, because in between songs, he'll he'll talk and he'll kind of give his philosophies and stuff <laughs> like that. But and people are like, it's again, it's kind of as gospel church vibe. Where he'll say some some kind of like really some easy Kanye shit, some Kanye shit, some really basic philosophy. Like one thing he always says: there are two buttons in life, love and fear. And then the crowd will be like, oh. You know, that, you know that gospel thing where everyone's kind of like, woo, woo. And like, just imagine someone fanning their face like, woo. You know, like, it's that type of thing. And it's just a trip because that's all contributing to his, his like, you can't, you, like, you can't tell me nothing type of mentality. You're feeding into his complex. You're feeding into the bipolar. He's got a God complex on that high and you're just feeding into it, dude. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I mean, I think, I think in a way it's cool because it's, it's it looks like a very emotional service. I will say that. It looks cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those those like scenes where like he's like on the keyboard just like going crazy and everyone's just like jumping along with him like that looks dope as shit. Yeah, it looks like, fun. Looks like, <laughs> a, like, looks like a good time, guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that was a good. Okay, so <laughs> I think that's a good segue into our final segment, uh, ladies and gentlemen. This is a good. There's a good chance that this is your first episode of listening to us because you saw uh, furries, you saw new metal, and you saw Takashi Miike, and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> and you're probably listening to Kanye West episode for the first time. You're like, this is a good one to get in on. Yeah, so we have a segment at the very end where we decide whether or not the good times are in fact killing us. We make a decision on whether or not this person, place, thing, event, whatever it is, is it killing our society or is it making it better? Um, any any Pro- kind of like roundtable last words before we have our, our back and forth? Um, any other things we need to discuss uh, as a group? No, uh, man, let's get into think, it. Let's I talk about right. it. Let's just, let's just peel the uh, band-aid off right now. All right, who wants, who wants to go first? I'll take oh, it. our guest. Yeah, uh, okay. let the guest take it. Okay. Let the guest take it. Uh, JB. Right, right now, I feel like that uh, this is killing us, but I, I want to chime in and say that uh, he's always had the habit of uh, resurrecting himself. I think he gets off on like being hated and making a comeback or being and- down and out. Maybe maybe res- king. Maybe resurrecting himself from the ashes, you know? Yeah, like you know. I think he what he deep down like wanted to be hated. He always wants to push himself farther away. Even maybe that was you could argue that that might have been uh hidden goals behind uh eight oh eight and heartbreaks or 
uh, Yeezus. Not saying that I hate either of those albums, but but they were they're so turns. far away from everything else he done and everything that people loved. He strayed away from them uh, after he gave people more what they wanted. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, he's killing us. He's really killing me right now. <laughs> but he's killing us, and but I don't, I can't count him out. And one thing I, I do really want to hone in on is, as annoying as he can be, and as much as I hate his political opinions, and as bad as I think they are for people who might be looking up to him, uh, for as much as I looked up to him when I was younger, and as much as his music means to me, etc. Like, if he were to like. Pass away right now. If something uh, happened. I was like, just thinking that. I was I, thinking I was going to bring that in. Well, I would cry. Just, like I would, I would feel bad. Like I would cry. Like I mm. do. I do love him, but it's it's hard, and I have to admit that this version of him I do not love, and I do not endorse the things that he's done, and I'm not going to put him or his art over the struggle of my ancestors or anyone oppressed. Mm. Uh, I'm not going to put him over uh, women, uh, my sisters, you know, I'm not, and, and the way he endorses Donald Trump, and yeah, so he's killed me right now, but I'm not going to rule him out, because people can change, people can come back, and uh, yeah. Alright, I'm going to go this way, you can wrap it up. Yeah. Alright, um, I, would, I would mostly second that, I mean, when we were talking about how we are going to do this segment with Kanye West, we are talking about, like, you almost have to separate the, the then Kanye and the new Kanye. The old Kanye. And the old Kanye. I, I miss I, the old Kanye. We never <laughs> even brought that up. The old Kanye. <laughs> the old Kanye, I, I don't think, um, was killing us. I think, overall, he was uh, a very positive force in our society. Uh, granted, do I think he has his flaws? Yes, absolutely. Um, but right now, uh, he's, he's definitely killing us because he's, he's got a heavy torch. He's got a lot of responsibility with his position in our society. I don't think he's doing the best with it. And honestly, even if I was a fucking Trump supporter, I would want this guy to at least be more coherent. I can't understand <laughs> barely anything he's fucking saying. It's, it's so hard. But what I will say is he's trying really hard. He's trying to, to do good for our society. Even when you watch these kind of manic interviews where he's saying a lot of bullshit, you'll, you'll hear these little pieces where you can tell it's like he has a straight traje- trajectory, but in order to get there, he's got to bounce off all these different uh, parts to get there. And he never really hits the mark. Like, he's trying to get somewhere positive, but he goes about it in the worst possible way that is beneficial to absolutely no one. Even Especially not him. Look, I don't like Donald Trump at all, but when I was watching the interview with him and Donald Trump, the, when, when Kanye West was finishing up his big tangent and Donald Trump looked at him, the look on his, on his face was exactly my look. <laughs> and for a moment, I actually had a oneness with Trump where I was like, yeah, man. Yeah, what, what was that? that? Yeah, what was he talking about? Yeah, so um, overall, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do, do a split. I know we were talking about not doing that, but I'm going to say old Kanye, not killing us, new Kanye, <laughs> he's killing us. But uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, like James Brown said, hopefully he once again... Uh, uh, springs forth from the ashes as a as a beautiful phoenix mm. and comes back to save us all. Mm. All right, so I'll say he's not killing us, and I'll explain that why. Overall, uh, overall, overall. So I mean, Kanye was really he pushed a lot of um, frontiers when he first came out. He really brought the world rap into the mainstream. He really pushed these ideals of you know um, equality and thinking for yourself and trying to, you know, do these really good things. And he had this amazing career and everything. And he's, he's fallen off the past couple of years or so. He's definitely hit rock bottom. But 
I can't so much... Yeah, as much as I disagree with it, and I don't like it, and I'm completely against 99.9% of everything he's talking about, um, the incoherencies and everything he's just rambling on about, he is he's sick. It's not it, That's not him talking. That's the bipolar talking. That's a good point. He even came out after all this, the, the TMZ interview and everything, and that Candace Owens, is that her name? Yes. Yeah. You know, she's she's been the one feeding into this, and she's, you know... He's even came out and said that he was being manipulated, and he realizes that now, and he's going to stay out of politics. Quick, guys, does anyone want to just quickly? Yeah, we didn't. We didn't hold into her. Yeah, enough. yeah. It's real quick. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll let you finish. No, no, no. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's important. It's important to what I'm, yeah. I'm speaking on. So yeah, go. Candace Owens, in my opinion, was a big part of the uh, transformation of Kanye to uh, like a more right wing leading leaning person, but uh, she is a uh, far-right leaning uh, black Republican who spews out a lot of uh, far-right viewpoints, appears on Fox News a lot. And that's her day job, is she's a Fox News commentator, basically. Uh, But she does, like, conferences and stuff where we've seen where she opens up for other, like, right-wing conservative uh, pundits and... uh, yeah, for some reason, I don't, I don't even know how her and Kanye linked up, but they became BFFs out of nowhere. They start hanging out a, all the a time. Lot of, a lot of this, um, this weird, just like slavery is a choice stuff, came out with. She literally is in the background while he's saying yeah. these inco- incoherent things, clapping like the mom, like I said, from the Nutty <laughs> Professor, like a supportive like mother. So yeah. I just noticed that they started linking up more. She was appearing in pictures more, yeah. and they were talking a lot more on Twitter around the time when Kanye started spewing a whole yeah. lot more of this stuff. So I initially just, like, got in my head, like, yo, this bitch is evil. Like, she's a part <laughs> of, sure like, Kanye, the evil yeah. transformation. It literally feels felt like Undercover Brother. And or then like she... The transfer ba- and she transformed under Eddie Griffin. Kanye, and she, Kanye is literally sick. I mean, he's, yeah. he's bipolar. He's been diagnosed. He, and she took advantage of him. She yeah, used him for he, his he's name. He's coming off of an opioid addiction. Trump is trying to take advantage you of him, know? too, I think. And she so, even yeah. said, like, for that whole Blexit thing that she was doing, we don't got to get all into that. Yeah, Look it yeah. up for yourself. But oh, yeah. she yeah. said she that Kanye did artwork yeah, he had designed her artwork, and that, I think that was kind of where he kind of started disassociating so, from I her mean, a little bit. I, so, back to my <clears> point, I, I think he's a very sick individual. He's going through a lot. He was hooked on pills. His mother died. It's it's all been a downward spiral the past couple of years. He's skyrocketed the thing. He's married to one of the most famous women in the entire world. Everyone, every time you turn on the news or something, his wife is in the news. He is the most focal point of attention, and it's a lot. And he was clearly being taken advantage of by these people. He even admits that he was being taken advantage of. So as I, I can't so much as blame him as I blame the people around him letting it happen. And I think he realizes that, and with, you know, him getting his mental health and stuff in order, and trying, like, the Sunday stuff, that sounds really positive, it's, he's not spewing a bunch of, like, craziness, he's still Kanye. He's trying. But he's trying to move into a more positive light, where it's not so divisive and hatred, and just saying these really destructive things about his own community and his own ancestors. So, I, I don't think he's killing us, I just think we need to give him time to heal and to get right with his health. And I, th- I, I, I think he's good for us. 
So I, I just want to do a, a just a quick mention, y'all. I mean, I, I think definitely it's maybe we can kind of get a little positive for a second. I mean, that's definitely kind of a conversation that he could help ignite. It's a conversation about uh, mental health more often. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you, the listener, if you are out there and you're having issues with things like that, you know, look for help. You don't have to live with issues like that. You don't have to, uh, you don't have to deal with the, the negative stigma that Kanye West might be attributing to you. Um, yeah. So, uh, Mark, you want to you wanna wrap this thing up? Yeah, man, so coming from, like, a place of, like, being a huge Kanye fan, being on board with a lot of his wild turns and a lot of his controversial things, like, uh, I I think as far as anything that we've talked about, like, you know, talking about the good times killing us or have they propelled uh, society, into, I think, like, honestly, musically, um, he's definitely propelled culture multiple times, like, you know, he's been that guy that changed, literally shifted the culture and the way we think about things and the way, uh, you know, um, I think he's a musical genius. I think he's got uh, a lot of untapped, like, just, he's an artist, man. He's got a lot of a lot of stuff to work out. I think the good times are killing him, man, at the end of the day, dude. Yeah. I think, like, because this is all, uh, he's taken all the blame. He's taken all the fucking, you know, everything, every controversy. He's, he's full-on taking it in the face, full full frontal, and with all the consequences he always has, you know, and talking, like, about what James Brown said earlier, I was thinking, I found myself thinking, I don't know why, not until this moment, but what if Kanye died? What if Kanye died right now in the, in the valley of, of one of his, um, of one of his, uh, you know, blows, you know, right here, like, it's, it's almost kind of a... I wouldn't be responsible if anything happens. <laughs> no, but it's almost kind of like, I've always thought about it, at it as a, you know, excuse me for maybe not being sensitive, but it's almost like a hack, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, you can be the biggest musician, you can be huge, you can be known across the world, all you have to do is die. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, I feel like sometimes it's like a hack, you know. It's, sometimes, it's definitely uh, worth it sometimes. Some artists, you know... Like I say, we don't give people their roses until they're uh, until they're dead. But uh, there's definitely some artists where I feel like you're just super blown up because you, you're gone and you would have you would have had these lows. You would have dropped from Starlight had you lived. But so if Kanye died right now, dude, it would be. I feel like I feel like that would be. Uh, I don't know. I feel like people would be like, "Fuck!" Yeah, it would. I hurt. think. I, I think I a would lot of people bummed. would brush over with these last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I think in a way. I don't think completely. I think the good outweighs the bad with him, and, and you know, he is sick. That's, that's yeah. a, I wish Kanye went, I mean, Kanye, <laughs> I wish uh, K-Town went first, because I feel like a huge asshole after hearing him talk about <laughs> no, it. No, 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 no. I think we all got, I think we all no, got pretty strong. I, I, I like, feel like when we talked about his life, we didn't really, like, hone in on the mental problems like that so like that's not in but, the back of my head no, 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 I know no, no. it well, exists yeah. but yeah, no, still no. there's well, accountability even, yeah. even if you have mental issues yeah you I mean, still yeah. have he's to not, be he's not getting himself he's not getting himself well yeah, 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 and yeah. he's surrounding himself with people that are attributing to him. Not yes, man, and, and also some of the some of the things I've heard him say about mental illness have not been like the most carefully thought out, and it's it, I don't think he's doing the best even for people that have uh, mental illness. So there's also exactly. that kind of issue too. So I think yeah. So I think I think I think what anyone's opinion they have on Kanye is completely fair based on what's going. Yeah, on. I just yeah. have a yeah. 
No, I'm glad, I'm glad you offered that. I'm, I'm really glad you offered that. So, so yeah, I think that like yeah, I think he's done a lot for the culture. This latest version of Kanye isn't doing anything for anyone, especially right. himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's just already kind of he's already if he died right now, he's a legend. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, he's so already a legend. He's already if he already lives, he's always already a legend. You know, so that's the sad thing. <laughs> I, I think overall, you have you have this man. What, what I really admire about Kanye West is that in the face of adversity, he always pushes over. When they said you couldn't be a producer, he did it. When we didn't really talk about this much, but when they said that you couldn't do fashion, when he was kind of getting blackballed, out of the fashion industry, not taking seriously by the fashion industry, he said, "I'm going to do it." Uh, the the only problem is, I mean, again, it, it's kind of like a Greek tragedy. That's his. That's that's his his best trait, but also his tragic flaw in the sense that now now he's looking now he's looking at politics and he thinks everyone's saying hey Kanye you can't do politics <laughs> and he's saying no watch me do it and finally it's just not it's working, not working. it's it not works working with, it works with you with art it does not work with politics um, so yeah that's I think we can all agree at least this Kanye is killing us I yeah. think this Kanye is killing him like, yeah, so, yeah. that was that was the best, yeah you're right, you're right. Yeah, the best view of this I think is the good times are killing Kanye. Woo! Any, uh, well, actually, let's, uh, I, think, I think that's it, y'all. This yeah, is, that's this pretty much great it. Episode. But, JB, did you have anything you want to talk about or plug or anything that you, like, I feel like we have a guest who should be like, yo, did y'all want to talk about anything or, you know, plug something or, like... Uh, Let's do a whole other podcast about Burger King. We'll be back. Yeah, I forgot all about that. We almost made it. No, nah, I feel I feel like I'll be on more podcasts, so I think it's I think it's chill. I think you friend of the show. Yeah, I think you'll have definitely more guests where it'll be more of a one off, so it's more essential. But because like I see also often, so, <laughs> so thank boys. you so much for having me. Yeah, oh, yeah for sure. Yeah, you do. It's Absolutely, fun, man. Absolutely. It's fun having someone come into our little. Uh, Come into the K one, K one studios. Um, also, uh, you know, check out check us out and all the shits we got. I mean, we got the Facebook up, we got the YouTube up, and we we're working on the uh, probably by the time this drops, we'll probably have the SoundCloud set up. Um, follow us on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good times good podcast. Times, good times podcast. Is it? Good times, good times. Good times, No, no, we update it every day. That's why you should follow us. Big <laughs> <laughs> thing, follow the YouTube, follow the Facebook page. Those are the big ones. Yeah, yeah. eventually we're going to be on all the shits on, on the Apple, on the on the Apple Music, on the Spotify. Yeah. But right now, we're kind of taking Good times are killing us podcast um, on Instagram. Also, this is the first time I want to do a shout out to uh, James. You can follow his page at Dettermean. That's D E T T E. E-R-M-E-I-N-E. It's like some weird German shit. So he, he's the guy that did our, our intro music, and we love the intro music. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah the intro music's great, and he sells me he sells music, so if you're working on a movie, a video game, whatever, go ahead and... Uh, James and the Plug. Do it up. Thanks, James. Oh, wait, Thanks, I'm sorry. There's what? There's one thing I want to plug, and it's not even mine. Go ahead. No, I, no, no. I want to plug my uh, friend's uh, Nerdum podcast, because I want to start linking up my, like, podcast friends to make like a local like mm. podcast like wave because I networking. feel like everyone would just get more streams. But, networking uh, baby. BBPC. I sometimes feature, feature, <laughs> <Podcast>. <laughs> feature on my uh, friends uh, Nerdum podcast is called uh, Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks and they deep dive on a lot of video games, anime, old uh, TV uh, type stuff. Old, uh, yeah, I, I would, sh- he, he has literally random people up. Any As long as you're like in the nerdy shit like uh, I definitely could talk to him about uh, getting you up there, but um, 
But yeah, uh, it, the name of it is Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. It's on it's on Spotify and I think SoundCloud. And uh, yeah, check it out if you're into nerdum type stuff and you're into podcasts. And I'm going to be looking into more stuff to try to unify more of my podcast friends and make sure everyone around here is like listening everybody's audiences are listening to each other to try to open each other's eyes to new stuff all righty y'all so this has been a fantastic episode thank you kanye west thank you james brown um i'm your boy david k-town bk king and marquise and as always the good times are definitely fucking killing us we're dead fuck you (laughs) (laughs) k-town